Hey, this is Andrew Kuhn, and you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Jeff and I talk about actionable stock ideas, timeless investing concepts, and the overall way that we think about investing at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Go to focuscompounding.com and enter in your email to get a free watch list from Jeff every other week. And be sure to check out all of our other work where Jeff writes about stocks at focuscompounding.com. I upload how-to investing videos on YouTube, and we both manage capital for investors at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to follow along. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focused Compounding, sitting alongside Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how's it going today? It's going very well, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's going great. We hope it's going great for everybody else. Hey, we are going to be in New York November 11th through the 15th. Uh, so if you want to get on that list to um, uh, learn a little bit more about our new fund there, we are launching January 1st or the managed accounts in general for prospective investors, reach out to invest at focusedcompounding.com. Again, that is invest at focusedcompounding.com. If you are watching us on the YouTube side of things, pumping out a lot of content, hit mm-hmm. that subscribe button, thumbs that video up and uh, follow me on Twitter at focusedcompound. So in today's video, we are going to be going over books that we've okay. been reading and books that we have read recently and kind of see where it goes. Right. <laughs> um, we get like, asked a lot of questions about we, books. Yeah, we get a lot of, asked a ton of questions about books. Um, you know, even like, how do you read a book? Do you reread the book? Do you, you know, skim it? Do you, you know, read it through and through? Mm-hmm. So maybe we could just kind of just, you know, we, I don't know if we've ever dedicated, I know we've talked about investing books, right? but a lot of what I've been reading lately doesn't have much to do with investing, Okay, but it's a lot of business history. Okay. Which is only going to improve, um, you know, your investing skills. Is mm-hmm. what I always say. So I think that's you know good to always be learning about other businesses. And we were talking about this the other day when we were walking to lunch, and I was explaining how I think, um, you know, the effects from reading, let's say, book number one to book number five is totally different than from reading, let's say, book number 45 to book number 50. Like, from 45 to 50, the more you can take mm-hmm. from those five books is just way more than one from one to five because right. you just have learned about so many different you know businesses, so many different books. So you're pulling away on this framework that you have where the results are just exponential, I think. Yeah, it's what we talk about 10Ks all the time. Yeah. People are talking about how hard it is to read, you know, a 10K, which is true. But it's because they don't read 10K. But if you read 100 10Ks, then, then you get a lot more out of the 101st than you could if that was the first 10K that you read. Yeah. And that's true with the with uh, books, if you're reading books in the same area, especially, if you're yeah. reading books that relate to each other that way. Yeah, yeah. so that's why I've been kind of obsessed with um, listening to books, okay. is what I've been doing a lot of lately. Mm-hmm. So I have a Kindle, and I enjoy that. Um, but I decided that I thought it would be more productive for me mm-hmm. if I read 10Ks only and right. listen to Audible books. Yeah, you've been reading a lot more 10Ks lately. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, you know, how to do algebra type books. Right. No, it's, it's a lot more like a business-oriented type of books mm-hmm. where it's a lot more story-oriented. You're just processing the information. So that's been working for me. And what I do is I listen on two to two and a half. Yes. And so I, I said, okay, well, if I spend some time on the treadmill, then I have a commute to work mm-hmm. and then the commute back and then maybe a little bit more before bed, I could get through some pretty, you know, um, long books yeah. in, a, in a few days. Yeah, I used to hate audio books until uh, I realized that some people are listening to them much higher speeds yeah and then i started doing that and i realized oh this isn't that bad yeah jeff was listening at three and i, I was like i can't I, I can't listen to this at three. i get um 
I guess I get distracted. Yeah. Uh, if it because it's because the reading speed of an audiobook at one is so much slower than your reading speed when you're reading a Kindle. Yeah. That it, it's just giving you so much more time to be thinking about other things, basically. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because you think people they probably read at like what two? I would say is the equivalent. Two to at least two and a half. Two to like, three. Yeah. Two to three, yeah. Uh -huh. It depends on, I mean, it depends on how fast they're reading it, but let's say if an audiobook's being read at 100 to 150 words per minute or something, people are probably reading at 300 yeah. to 450. Uh -huh. yeah. No, but I love, that's why I love reading so much is because as an investor, I feel like it just helps you out. I mean, you learn, you know, it's all pattern recognition. You're, mm -hmm. You process information on a framework that reminds you of something else. And it, I think it just allows you to figure out, you know, certain situations and stuff a lot easier. Yeah. And I think both of us, compared to most people that we talk to, read more business biographies and just um, biographies of business people and also books about specific businesses probably yeah. a bit more than, yeah. than um, uh, specific finance books. Yeah. I mean, I've read plenty of finance books before, but um, I, I think that we get more out of those probably. Um yeah, I would say that that's probably the area that we read the most of. Yeah, and I guess like to put this in perspective, so the book I'm listening, I have my iPhone right here to mm -hmm. see the books I've been currently reading and the books I'm currently listening to. I'm actually currently listening to Titan by right. uh, uh, John Rockefeller. Right, so the biography John Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, and that's like uh, uh, an awesome book and mm -hmm. talking about Standard Oil and kind of, you know, it's just, it's interesting just listening to his, I guess, path through business yeah. and how some of the stuff that they're talking about in the book reminds me of stuff that's from modern times. Right. Yeah. You know, so again, I'm like seeing it all in effect. Okay. This it's, it's incredibly productive to read about like business history mm -hmm. because what do they say? History doesn't, it may not repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's good. And you've read this book, obviously. Yes, I've read Titan. And actually, relating to what you just said, I'm reading a uh, book right now. cannot remember the title. But there's not that many biographies. Yeah, I'm bad, I'm bad with author names and yeah. titles. And okay. I, I especially feel I, bad with the author names because I'm like, they dedicated so much effort <laughs> to this. I should Ron, at least have the... Ron Chernow is the author of the book that you're talking about, Titan. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's the one I, mean, I mentioned, House of Morgan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you've read Titan. Yes, Good Titan's a long relief. book. Yeah, yeah. You, you. It, it's the origins of, I mean, oil essentially, and all the big businesses. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even gotten to the end yet. But Jeff was actually telling me today that it pretty much was the um, pioneer, I guess you could say, for all major American um, oh, oil a few companies that aren't. But yeah, there, a ton of American oil companies. You were talking about like Exxon, most of for the example. industry traces its origins right back to Standard Oil, as yeah. you see after the breakup and stuff. Yeah. You were talking about Exxon, for example, that mm -hmm. used to be, a, uh, I guess it was a byproduct of Standard Oil. Mm -hmm. You know, it yeah. came from that. Um, so another book I've been reading lately is That Will Never Work. I did okay. read by, about Netflix and the origins right. of Netflix. So those are the types of books yeah. that we like. For example, John D. Rockefeller was on, right. you know, his whole story, obviously one of the wealthiest guys of his time would be kind of like the Jeff Bezos of our time mm -hmm. um, and like the start of oil. Um, and then this other book that will never work was about Netflix and the original CEO. And then, you know, that whole process of taking them public and kind of the early days. Those are the types of books that I love. Yeah. You read probably a few more startup, uh, new business type things. Yeah. Yeah. More technology things. I probably read a few more things that are books about people from the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mentioned. I'm trying. That. I'm trying to do that because I was talking. I was like, I need to learn more about Andrew Carnegie. I'm learning about John D. Rock Rockefeller. I should learn about Carnegie. So I think Carnegie's next. Yeah, I mentioned in a uh, email that went out, the weekly email thing, that I was reading one about uh, clipper ships. 
And so it was a history of, which is only a period of about 30 years or so, where very fast uh, merchant ships were a big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, and it relates to a lot of those things. And we were talking about Vanderbilt and stuff, and that will play into the Vanderbilt period if you read that book. Yeah. yeah. What books have you been reading recently? Uh, the one that I, the most interesting one that I read recently, I would, well, two. I was going to say I read, I'm reading right now a biography of E.H. Uh, e. Harriman, who was Who's a <laughs> uh, railroad guy in the late 1800s to early 1900s, pretty short period of time. But it, I was reading it and learning a lot from it in because I had read Railroader, which is about a uh, person who was uh, Hunter Harrison. Oh, uh, No, I will. <laughs> Hunter Harrison, who was, um, has a similar uh, sort of... Th th it's interesting because they're both similar, E.H. Uh, e. Herman and Hunter Harrison, because they take over a few railroads at times. They, they run them yeah. a few times. They're a little different because Harriman is an investor. But, um, and they make them a lot more efficient in both cases. And it's like almost 100 years different between them. And it's interesting looking at... Uh, in, both, in both books, actually, they have some stuff about the operating ratio where they give uh, compare their railroads to other people's railroads and yeah. what happened when they took over and then how low they got the um, expenses versus the revenues that they had before. And it was interesting in both cases to see how efficiently a railroad could be run uh, and how inefficiently it had been run by other people and how they assumed that it couldn't get down to those levels yeah. in both cases it did. Mm -hmm. So it just it, there's a lot of parallels in those two uh, biographies. Mm -hmm. um, any other books that you've been reading recently? The one that I think was most interesting that I read recently was the uh, Who is Michael Ovitz? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've I've actually been <laughs> reading that one, and what was interesting was I finished um, Disney Wars and right. The Ride of a Lifetime. Okay, um, Ride of a Lifetime is Iger. Yeah. Iger, but yeah. so I started with Disney Worlds though, and which was um, you know Michael Eisner being CEO mm -hmm. and kind of taking them from you know that process to his fallout, I guess you could say. And yeah. it was just so cool. It was almost like a drama. I would say mm -hmm. it was just like this is like I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like. One, it seemed like one thing after another. There's just a mm -hmm. lot of stuff going on. Like he didn't like to fire people, but a lot of people always felt like they were going to get fired, and mm -hmm. um, you know. And then he hired Michael Ovitz, who left CAA, mm -hmm. uh, what is a creative arts agency, which is yep. one of the biggest uh, talent agencies in LA. And then he ended up getting fired from Disney. And then when Michael Eisner stepped down, and I put quotes because I don't <laughs> think I think he was forced to step yeah. down. Um, then Bob Iger. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, became the CEO, and he's still the CEO of uh, yes, Disney now. Yes, he was supposed to step down a few different times and yeah. put it off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that guy's going to run for president. I really do. I he get has, that impression. He talks about that a little in the book. Yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. the, it was cool because I guess the difference between um, Disney Wars and The Ride of a Lifetime is I feel like The Ride of a Lifetime was... Um, it was much more of a roll-up story, I guess okay. you could say, mm -hmm. where Disney, he was kind of turning the company around, Michael Eisner, and yeah. kind of, it was more like an opera, operating type stuff. Yeah. This is what I kind of took away yeah. from it. You well, know? Eisner, he sort of had, like, Disney had all these great properties. I had all this great IP, had great parks and everything, but it wasn't, you know, having great financial performance, and it's taking something that had what Walt had built yeah. and, like, monetizing it in, in a way. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, with, with the Iger years, then you have the acquisitions of all those other companies. Yeah. yeah. And what I thought was interesting in Disney Wars is he fired Katzenberg mm -hmm. and then Katzenberg went on to start DreamWorks Animation. Yes, correct. You know, mm -hmm. and then which, does Disney end up acquiring them? 
no later on okay, so oh universitas yeah yeah so i thought that was you know interesting and just like the whole drama and like i guess how steve jobs and eisner they didn't really like each other and then bob Iger, mm -hmm. um i guess you could say rehab that relationship when he yeah. became ceo and they ended up buying out pixar and that's how you know the jobs family has they're one of the biggest owners of uh, disney stock because mm -hmm. the deal was in stock but that's why like business history books is because you just learn so much about you know stuff that's happening yeah. i guess you could say yeah and that michael that's completely relevant to being studying investing in, in modern you know business yeah yeah stuff. well i was saying the, the michael ovitz book um it, it really teaches you a lot about like bargaining power because that's the only thing that they build that entire agency on is, oh yeah we've had a lot packaging of, and all of that we've had a lot of conversations about talent agencies recently and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i mean because that's that's all that they have you know and all they, they were able to do and i mean it also has biography aspects that you could see about uh, how he achieved what he did and uh yeah. and i said i'm not 100 percent sure that all of his recollections of everything are the uh true account of what happened i think some other people in the room might have the reverse opinion of what uh was said but uh just the way they hustled and everything yeah you can yeah. you can see that too but i but it's interesting to me just in terms of how they were able to to make a lot of money that would have in the past been in the hands of the studios by packaging things and mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah yeah no i thought that's uh it's it's just interesting reading like three different accounts of you know, yeah, they're, they're sort of like the same timeline, and right. how everybody remembers something slightly different. Yeah, <laughs> and and if you read like the, like I was saying, like the Vanderbilt book and a book about Carnegie or something, you'll be reading more of the same time period of um, Titan, you yeah. know, and you'll get more of what was going on then, and a better idea of the same companies interacting, and just a better understanding of those sorts of things, because the same characters will appear in those, you know, in those things. You know, uh -huh. they'll be the same bankers, it'll be J.P. Morgan and stuff, and you know, in the same periods, and and you just get a better idea for it after you've. Read a few books on the same sort of time period sure. or subject. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, even in did you you watch the documentary on Bill Gates? Yes. In, what is it, inside Bill's brain? Yes. And he was saying that when he wants to learn about a subject, he'll read like five to seven books on the topic, mm -hmm. and even if it's sort of like a you know contradiction or whatever, he still reads all of it to really, I guess go deep on the topic and like that's a good way to learn about it it's kind of like i guess reading 10k right if you want to learn about a business go read you know about five of, of, mm -hmm. of the company's peers and that's how you could really learn about the company um but i've found that you know pretty fascinating i love that documentary but have you read any investing books uh lately? I, yeah i mentioned in a uh, focus compounding uh write-up that I did recently that, uh, or actually article that went on the email, that uh, I reread The Davis Dynasty. What's that book about? Okay, so that's about three generations of the Davis family. The most interesting part is the first person named Shelby Davis, um, who made a fortune in insurance stocks. Okay. Now, he did buy them on margin. Oh, wow. He used margin the whole period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But over several decades, he turned, you know, I don't remember the exact amount, but less than a million dollars in, in, in that um, day's money into probably 900 million or something. And wow. so he compounded it probably over 20% a year for several decades, uh, three or four decades, yeah. And what do you look for in insurance companies? Uh, well, so I in that write-up, the, the, what I was talking about there was the Davis double play, which yeah. is the idea that he, uh, that's talked about a little bit in that book, which is of finding a stock that has, um, both will grow its earnings and then also the multiple will expand. So it is interesting because he didn't focus on the very lowest PE and like price to book and stuff insurers. And he didn't focus on the really, really fast growing ones. What he focused on was let me buy something that can grow at, you know, 10, 15% a year or whatever. Um, it, sometimes they had rates like that because he was in a period with some higher inflation. But um, 
growers like that, that then I could also have the PE that when I sell will be a much higher PE. Uh So he'd look to, you know, buy something at 10 times earnings that was growing at 10% a year. And then he would sell it at 20 times earnings or something as part of the kind of uh, expectation of what would happen, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on things that might be at, you know, five times earnings or something, but they don't grow fast enough that they might never get the multiple expansion, you know? I was going to say, why do you get that multiple expansion for people listening? Because people, you know, um, other investors uh, change their opinion of the company, basically. Yeah. So they just completely change their opinion of, of what kind of quality company it is, basically. So I've talked a few times before about ones uh, about stocks that I bought. Um, just to give you an idea of so how long ago it was, that's the easiest way to do these multiple expansion things. So I, um, in the late 1990s, early 2000s, I bought Village Supermarket and I bought um, J&J Snack Foods. Village Supermarket traded for several years in a row. Uh, it could have been four years in a row or something at four, five, six times P. Like you could have gotten an P of under eight probably every year for four years just by buying at the average price. So what I mean is it wasn't like an opportune time to buy it. It just, that's how the market saw it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you see that 10 years later, it never again will trade at a P below like, you know, around 15 or something. It gets really? like a normal stock after uh-huh. that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just a change in how they valued it. Now, Perception. part of it is the size, right? Because the company was very small. So that's one of them is that the company is very small. And so it goes from having like a $30 million market cap to like a 300. That's part of it. Um, and then when I said J&J Snack Foods, same thing. It was predictable and stuff. And as it grows, it gets um, picked up by other people who like the predictability of it, those sort of aspects to it. I mean, people usually like the same sort of things, predictable growers. And, you know, I, I mean, we talked about computer services. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to see that eventually people would like that kind of business. They love the, the peers of that company. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's easy to see that potential exists to you know of an undiscovered company of being uh of people you know giving it a high p ratio when it has high returns on capital and you know is earning every year higher and higher earnings per share you know, yeah those sorts of things it's easy to see what it, like a blue chip company is versus not sure so but to find those kinds of things yeah you have to see something that has sort of like blue chip type financials but people don't know about it sure that's how you get the expansion yeah mm-hmm. um so getting back to books, yeah. Did you like? Was it my father's business? It was a book yes. I recommended to you. Yeah, Dollar General. About yeah. Dollar General. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Would you like about it? Uh, that was a very interesting one. I liked especially the early period where he talks about it, when his father's running the business. I think I learned don't go into business with your family. Yeah, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of drama in that yeah. one. So yeah, his uh, I guess. Uh, whether you want to say fire, uh, told that he had to leave, whatever. Fire. The, the, the father and the brother. Yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. think the, the brother was more dramatic than yes. the father. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was good business. Again, it, those are the type of books that we like to read. Uh, Quench Your Own Thirst. I, mm-hmm. I read that recently and I spoke a little bit about that on YouTube videos about uh, Samuel Adams. Yeah. I was and really surprised by Junk to Gold. That was a much yeah, better book than I expected. Yeah, yeah Junk to Gold was great. And that's a very one. hidden gem. I mean, not, yeah. you don't ever see people talk about that book. Yeah, which is interesting because the stock isn't a hidden gem. The stock yeah. is well known and stuff now. But yeah. yeah, so definitely if you have any recommendations, send us uh, book recommendations, right? Yeah. What's your favorite auto or just biography in general? My favorite biography? Well, Snowball. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah that's my favorite. <laughs> take that out. What, what do you think? Um, Did you ever read the one on Steve Jobs? By Walter Isaacson. I did He's read Walter. He's a great author. Yeah, I wanted to I, listen I, or read his uh, book on um, Einstein. Okay. I haven't gone that far yet. Yes, but, I did read the Steve But the Einstein. one on Steve Jobs I thought was fascinating. Yeah. He had a pretty interesting life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Titan a lot. Titan I like a lot. And I've mentioned um, uh, what's it called? First Tycoon. 
on um, Vanderbilt, yeah, which I actually like a lot too. Which I mean, they're both well known, but probably Titan's a little better known because the author became really famous after. You so know, you would later. go Titan, and then the first tycoon. I would just rec- I tell everyone to read both of those if you're looking for something from that. From the, I mean, those are the best on Rockefeller and the best on yeah. Vanderbilt, and they're two of the most interesting people from that period. Yeah. Uh huh. What are your thoughts then on audio audiobooks? Uh, I've done so much. Yeah. I've been doing so much googling around. Okay. On like. I guess you could say um, how your brain, I guess, uh, right. retains and like how... Are, are you like it, worried that is it the can same? it really be the same yeah, if you're listening yeah. fast on audiobook? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've tested it by trying to think of, can I afterwards recall specific, uh, yeah. you know, anecdotes and things about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally. fine. Because to me, and this is like... Um, you know, they say this about, like, if you, neither of us have a watch on, but if you have a watch and you look at a watch, um, uh, you know, an analog watch, the face of the watch, then a moment later, what you remember is that it's 10.05 a.m. Uh-huh. in your mind. You uh-huh. don't remember what the hands looked like yeah. at that position. And I find that to be true with audiobooks. Uh, yes, the voice sounds weird when I play it on three times, <laughs> but when I remember the story about Dollar General and him firing his brother and stuff, I don't remember it with a silly voice in there. Yeah. I just remember the facts and stuff. You know, that's how your brain encodes it. It doesn't remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good. And, and we, we were talking about that recently because, so there's a great website that I don't remember the name, right? Talking about like the authors and the titles. Is it Rabbit Hole or something like that? It's like Into the, the Rabbit Hole, I yeah, think is what it is. And, and we were on it and it's all on books. And this guy's definitely, you could tell, a Munger follower or, okay. or a Buffett disciple, you know, definitely in, in that sort of. And likes Bruce Lee? He does like a lot of Bruce Lee, <laughs> okay. but it's an awesome website because mm-hmm. he just, he's into a lot of the books that we're talking about now and a yeah. lot of books that we've read and he'll read them and then he'll kind of do like key takeaways and I guess write a review on mm-hmm. the book, but you know, the key takeaways is great. Um, and Jeff and I, we were going through it last week and I was like, oh, I've read that book. I've read that book. And you're like, oh, I've read that book. I've read that mm-hmm. book. And you're like, yeah, I read one of the books you said you read a long time ago. And I was like, so do you remember a lot from <laughs> yeah. that book? Right. You know, and I was, is it almost like information overload, right? You talk about Munger, for example, who reads a ton. Yeah. I wonder how much of the information he actually, you know, retains later on. Right. right? And I asked you about that because yeah. obviously like we put a lot of effort into learning and, mm-hmm. and continuing to learn so yeah. it's like how much of it is it actually like beneficial i guess you could say like five six ten years later and you actually said kind of what munger's been asked that before and mm-hmm. he says like well i remember the important stuff i yes. guess you could say yeah you know and that's what i mean like like well i've read people talking about um like is this book worth it or whatever yeah if there's one really good idea in it then it's worth it like yeah we we're yeah. talking about um titan and they talk about the cartel and they talk about the rebates on the railroads and stuff mm-hmm. if if you really understood the rebates on the railroads that he was getting or you really understood why all the other refineries in town were losing money and he was able to take them out yeah that's that alone <laughs> is all you need to know yeah but also if you really understood his relationship with his father and that, you know, was something that was useful, then, you know, that could be a key takeaway for someone else. Yeah. It, it, it depends on what you're trying to get. And it also depends really, unfortunately, on what you already have to hang it on. Yeah. So sure. it depends on what you knew going into it about those things. Well, because then you could take the principles away a right. lot easier so than if, somebody else. If you'd already won't. read a book on railroads and the rebates and things, then you'd understand the Standard Oil much better having read a book about railroads when you go read Standard Oil and vice versa. So when you read about the railroads, it starts to make more sense, yeah. like why they had so much capacity and needed more traffic and why they were offering these things, you know, and mm-hmm. what their problems were. It makes more sense once you remember, oh, I remember what they were, the, the cuts, you know, the, the deals that they were giving for Standard Oil. So it really depends on what you have, uh, knowledge that you bring to it, and then what you can connect it to. You have to be able to tie it to something that you already know pretty quickly to, like, retain it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's 
why it's so obviously it's so good to read yeah and good to read around like and as being an investor as well though that's only going to help you out too yeah you learn about new companies and stuff like that it's going to remind you of other stuff that you've read mm-hmm. in the past yeah think you're just able to figure it out a lot faster think about how much you know about disney and stuff from reading about that entire era and from different perspectives on it mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have gotten from like reading one book about it yeah and that's kind of i mean even Nacco, for example you read mm-hmm. a book that was written what a, a, over well, like a hundred year lifespan of the company yeah it covered a hundred year lifespan of the yeah, company. yeah yeah so yeah. it's a good way to uh um you know learn about the situation so uh keep reading and if you are looking to read more, definitely check out Audible. I mean, I love Audible. Mm-hmm. And that's not even me selling it <laughs> because we're not even getting paid to say <laughs> it. I'm just saying. Um, you know, if you have a commute or whatever, that's definitely a good time to, um, you know, get through some uh, material. So I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with Mr. Jeff and myself. We are going to be in New York, November 11th through the 15th. If you would like to meet up, you are a prospective investor. Reach out to invest at focusedcompounding.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, thumbs this video up. We're going to be doing a podcast every single day for the next two weeks. Yeah, so maybe they should send questions to at Focus Compound. Yes, and send questions to at Focus Compound on Twitter. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with us here today, and we will see you next podcast. Hey, this is Andrew Kuhn, and that was the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Jeff and I talk about actionable stock ideas, investing concepts, and the overall way that we think about investing at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Go to focuscompounding.com and enter in your email to get a free watch list from Jeff every other week. And be sure to check out all of our other work where Jeff writes about stocks at focuscompounding.com. I upload how-to investing videos on YouTube, and we both manage capital for investors at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to follow along.